It's that time again, folks. It's another edition of Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me today, as always, are my other hosts. We got Dirty Dirty Derek. How you doing? Good, man. Awesome. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know what they say, uh, you know, clean on the streets and spooking the sheets. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, we That's got a this little Halloween reference. A little Halloween-y <laughs> reference right there. Halloween-y. There we go. Uh, and, of course, we got the Sup Master. We got Jimothy James Dean. How you doing, sir? Sup, sup, sup. <laughs> well. You had to muster, muster a lot for that stuff this week. Oh, man. I think I pulled something. <laughs> that bad, huh? Pulled a hand yeah. anyway. I'm getting old. The subs, are, some, the subs come harder now. It's... <laughs> <laughs> They got a pill for that. Yeah, I was, just, I was just about to say, they make pills that make you go sub. You know? Uh You know what's funny? You know, I know it's kind of a sidetrack to this. You know now there's a red pill that they're, they're marketing? All, I mean, it's perfect marketing if you think about it. Like, they could have made it any like color. Matrix. Yeah, exactly. So now you have to decide. It's like, don't take the blue pill that takes weeks for it to go into effect. Take the red pill that just works on its first action. I was like, what the hell? Anyway, there must be some high potency tiger blood and owner juice. And if either of those companies are listening, red, blue, or blue pill, we're not picky. Come contact us. Okay. You know, we will hey. be happy, happy to to, to, to hawk Three your samples. hawk your boner pills. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's right. Find at your local Seven Eleven. Hey, uh, so we're gonna get into what we watched this week, but um. Jimothy uh, said I was going to watch more horror, and I did. Uh, there's a couple of things that I did watch. Um, I I'm, I'm, had a long day. I just came in from driving into town. Um, so forgive me if I'm a little lackluster on the names. Uh, the uh, Hollow's Eve, or like the, with that black and white clown. Oh, Terrifier, and then All Hollow, or uh, Hollow's Eve, yeah. The, the Hollow's Eve, Eve one. The clown. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like that, that one. That was actually really good. I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I, I enjoyed the different stories. Not the main story. The main story was kind of eh. You know, like about the person watching the videotape. The rap, the wraparound. Yeah. Know, the story. Yeah. yeah, I was like, all right, it's cool. Uh, but the other stories were really, really, really. Uh, yeah, they were good. Um, and then I saw I, I, I think it was a Master of Horror, but I saw the one with Norm from Cheers. Oh, um, yeah, Masters of Horror. Yeah. Um, so when uh, Norm from Cheers, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he kills people and, um, like, just keeps their skeleton and creates a family with it. And he wants to, uh, he wants to uh, kill this one girl to make him his, it's his new girlfriend or wife. Uh, but it turns out, spoiler alert, because I think it's been out for a while, but fuck it. Uh, they, they were, the, the girl he was trying to kill... Uh, we're already on to him because he killed their daughter already. Uh, and it was so cool. Like, I, I honestly, like, I was not paying attention too much to it while I was watching it. And, um, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, that was cool. Like, I, I mean, like, I, I didn't pick up, I mean, I, I'm usually good about, like, oh, like, I get where, I know where that's going. But that one actually caught me by surprise, either by not paying attention or I'm just stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I, I watched a couple of Tales from the Crypt episodes and uh, oh, I, the one that stuck out the I most. I watched one this week too. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so I saw one uh, that really stuck out to me. It was really funny. Uh, it was the guys that were stuck together. And. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that one was a good one. So yeah, you know, I, I actually I watched Hostel. Uh, some of the couple of ones that I watched before, I didn't watch uh, Repo, uh, but I did see a funny post about it. About and I'll send it to y'all later. <laughs> about uh, one of my friends posted like it's the most underrated uh, musical of all time. Uh, I, I laughed, reacted to it, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, good sir. You're preaching <laughs> to the choir. I, uh, I do watch some Tales from the Crypt this week, too, actually, funny enough. Um, catch up with some of the old episodes. I, I watched one of my favorite ones, which is uh, the one with Tim Curry, where he plays all three family members. Yep. Um, that, that's always that's always a great one with uh, Ed Bentley Jr. I uh, still sleep with the, the very ugly Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> to sell the, uh, sell the plot. Um, and there was another one, too, that I watched, actually, that was... Uh, it was basically about like a fraternity hazing uh, kind of that takes place and uh, ends up being, had like, a, has um, Keith Coogan from uh, Dotom's Babysitter's Dead, Dishes Are Done, man. And uh, a couple other like, you know, 80s, like late 80s, early 90s actors uh, that were into this. Well, I think it has Kevin Dillon in it too. If I remember, I think he plays the like head frat uh frat guy that's kind of hazing everybody and uh peter deloise's brother who was also a staple in like the 90s like the yep. 90s. uh yeah so it ends up being a den of vampires and female vampires that are the sorority um i think i remember that one yeah and that was a, that was a good one too so yeah kills for man that's a that's a classic yeah uh, okay. the thing is like i was just I was oh, just telling you. Last one before I forget. How comes to Frogtown the Roddy Piper? I saw that one. Oh yeah. Anyway, I I, I watched that as well. Nice. Uh, I was gonna time. watch that because James posted on his Instagram, and that's how I was going to watch it. But, uh, <laughs> but I did not get around to watching that. I actually, so I watched it. Yeah, I think it's streaming a few things, but I watched it um, on Shutter on the Joe Bob Briggs, the last drive-in movie, um, because I, I just like wanted to see some Joe Bob Briggs, and I've seen. Back you in the nineties, there was Darcy the male girl. That's what you wanted to see. Uh, Diana Prince, yes. Uh, so, um, but uh, back in the nineties and early thousands, there was a show called Up All Night on USA. Up, up All Night with Rhonda Shear. Up All Night with Godfrey Ray later. But it was all like it was slime, slime, uh, slime ball babes and bowler and or uh, I can always fuck up the title, but like. Uh, Sorority Babes and Slime Bowl Bowlerama, nice. uh, and How Comes to Frogtown were always on up all night. So, but I, I grew up with it. But weirdly, I learned something uh, watching the the Joe Bob Briggs. Is I always knew there was a sequel because it has Robert Zadar, and if there's a Robert Zadar movie, I know about it. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know there was two subsequent sequels after the the other sequel. Really? And yeah, but they they were like. I don't know, man. Check them out sometime, but they're weird as shit. They're like stream of conscious, like they had no script. It was like Dada asked like how it comes to Frogtown. It's really okay, weird. Yeah, I was gonna Neither ask, like, than, what is the title? Uh, one is called the Toad Warrior. Um, um, or is that the or is that the one with Zadar? But one of them is like that's, Max that's Hell. Ma- it's one. The the last one's like Max Hell. Uh, Frog Warriors. It, it it's that's got a like really... that's some ginger ginger dead man level like sequel yeah. naming right there. And the uh, thing is, like, it's all the same writer and director, but like him and his buddies started making them, and they wanted to. I don't know either way, but uh, interesting that we all uh, 
watched or thought about watching Hell Comes to Frogtown, but uh, I was talking to a friend about how like anthology, like anthology horror shows used to be consistent. Like, they, and most of them were pretty good. If they weren't always great, they always had like really good episodes. Whether it was Tales from the Dark Side or um, obviously you know Tales from the Crypt. Um, the new creep show one is really good, but I was saying yeah, like how yeah. the masters of the horror, which I will say is one of my greatest uh, thrift store scores was that I bought the entire set of the masters of horror um, and for like $8. And it came in this, it comes in this tomb case Oh, nice! that it's like literally like a, I think it's almost like the logo that they kind of have where it's like, but it's like, and it had all the episodes and like, you know, some of them are really good. In fact, the that one, the George Went one, which I think is done by John Landis, I thought was really good. There was a few really. Some of them are trash, but yeah. there was a lot of really good ones. So the gin, just, the gin one is is good. The gin uh, one is good. Um, cigarette burns, which I think is Romero's, that was okay. There's a few of them that were like had potential but didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, or, there, there was like a zombie one too, like red, red, white, and dead or something like that. Like there was. A, I mean, there's a lot. The thing is, there is actually way more than I thought, but. Uh, because I tried to watch them when they were new, but you know, uh, it was showtime, was, right? It was a show. It was a showtime. Showtime, yeah, yeah. It came out like yeah. I, I mean, I caught a few of them. Fortunately, like at the time, like when they were coming out, um, or shortly after, I was I was like working part time at a video store, like at around that time, and so I would just take I would just take them home to take on the screeners. So I didn't catch them all, but I mean, the ones I saw were good. But I, I think it was kind of hit or miss. Um, I just miss. I I mean, we have the creep show on Shudder, but like I miss when like there used to be consistent anthology horror tv series because you know I, I grew up with them like and you know i mean even going all back to like um night gallery and twilight zone and then you know yeah, that's a good night gallery is a good one yeah. too yeah i remember i remember watching that one um yeah it was a up yeah i remember there's a show it was like it, it was eventually like our channel growing up on cable was like upn or something like that that always have like the night gallery and yeah. so it was like episodic anthology. monsters was another really good monsters one. was a great one yeah God, I damn would, man i would I would catch that and then like watch. I, I'd catch that like right around the time like where they had uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I was Friday, just about to say, Friday, and then of Friday course Nightmare they were. Was, that's right. Yeah, and the Friday the Thirteenth series too was actually really good uh, about the. And I always find it funny enough that the, that the main character in the Friday the Thirteenth series ended up being Jason Goes to Hell, the uh, final uh, final Friday too, which I thought was really hilarious. I was like, dude, you're the same guy from that. Uh, Probably the show. Show. I, th- um, I actually thought the show actually had a cool concept because it was like all like mysterious ha- artifacts like yeah curios. haunted artifacts and curios yeah which it was, had nothing to do with the show really but but yeah cool. let's get but let's get into this because there's a lot to talk about and uh, we need to talk about things we watched this week uh, yeah, or the, in the last two weeks because oh boy do I have a lot to talk about so right, what, Eric, I'm going to let you start on this one get it out of the way all right I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what I watched first but I'll save that other one for, for the last okay. Uh, for your for your com- commentary, uh, it's not even the, one of the main ones I want to talk about, but it is one of the main ones. <laughs> it is. I just want you. I'm just. I'm like getting you your skater remarks out of the way. Yes. Sooner than later. Um, so yeah, this week uh, obviously uh, just recently the uh, the haunting of Blind Manor uh, came out. So uh, I binge watched a hell out of that. I actually really liked it a lot. Um, it was very uh, very traditional. I, I'll tell you that like the the tale of the, the, the turning of the screw was almost ruined for me when the movie the turning came out uh with uh finn wolfhart and uh those other people that were in it i don't fucking remember who they were but it, it was a terrible movie and and uh so i was like well that just ruins it but and uh of course uh in true fashion uh he really brought it back around this time around with a very unique telling um 
or like the cast. It was I. I've never actually watched a good story that actually kind of made me feel sad uh, at the end. I won't give it away because I know it just came out, and a lot of people are still watching it. But I will say it was it was it was really well done. I actually kind of liked it a little bit better than the uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Um, Hill House, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, mean, I, I I'm watching it. I'm watching it episodically with my with my wife. So we, we watch it as it uh, as we have time, you know. Um, but I've seen the first three, and I really like it. Like the cast is great. I like that it's sort of like doing an American horror story thing where the cast is like just playing new characters in this one. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really do like. It. I thought it was. I thought it was a really great, uh, well told story. Um, really characters you you actually like really cared about. Um, so I won't go any further than that because you and your wife are still watching it, so I won't. But I'll wait till you're done. We can we can dig. Actually, actually, we should dedicate a whole episode to that whole series because I think we can we can dig into that uh, quite a bit. Uh, I watched some staples, so again, I watched some some Tales from the Crypt because after that, <laughs> after that, Haunting uh, of Bly, I, I needed something like a little more funny and slapsticky. So I watched uh, some great episodes. Uh, one of my favorite episodes we just talked about it a moment ago, uh, but. One of my favorite episodes is the uh, uh, Tony Goldwyn and Bo Bridges one, where he uh, frightens his frightens his brother to death. The stages of death. I always thought that was kind of a kind of a cute one as well. Um, yeah, there's some really good ones out of there. Was one with Lou Diamond Phillips uh, with the uh, the shady oil men. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, RS deal. I thought that was that was a pretty good one as well. So yeah, I mean, to your point, like some really uh, some really classic like anthology. Um, you know, shows back in the day that were, were awesome. And I, you know, wish we get to that good point. Some people will argue and say, well, we have American Horror Story. Um, I don't think that's quite the same, like in my opinion, it's, it's that's one entire series dedicated. Yeah, it changes every year, but um, I, it's not every episode, which I think is the fun part of those, those anthologies as well. Um, I, I did watch, actually, I was, I was bored and it's probably like third time watching probably in like a month. But uh, I was watching uh, From Dust Till Dawn, and you know something really irked me this time around that I never noticed. I'm just going to call it out real quick before I talk about the next one. It is the mariachi players in that uh, in the Dust Till Dawn movie. Mm-hmm. How did they get the dead guy to turn into a guitar? I never understood that. Like, I, it's like the one thing about the movie is like the alternative vampires, and now the guy's playing like a an upright dead person bass, and I was like. Okay, I get everything about this movie. I can understand, like, and that is the one thing that I don't fucking get, and that I don't understand what happened to them in the movie. Did they like smoke bomb their way out of there? Did they blow up? That's like, the thing is, I've had that same thing. Like, they they basically disappear after the first like ten yeah. minutes. Of, and yeah. I was like, what happened to them? And they like the only one like mariachi bands were like the head vampires, and they were the only ones that escaped. Like, the only thing uh, I could think of is that they're being killed off. I'm sure if I rewatched it, I've always thought this too. I'm like, me, I need to rewatch it, and look in the background to see if they're getting kicked off in the background, but. I've never yeah. noticed them. Like I said, they're on stage doing the song, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you, like, you notice the music like, stops. And, Thank you, good night. And then, like, yeah. I thought they spoke off, you know. But then I also thought they blew up. So I was like, "Yeah, man, my mind is blown right now. I don't know what to think about this because I've never noticed it before." But it really was. A, it's like one of those things that sticks in your brain. And you're like, I can't wrap my mind around it, and it's really going <laughs> to bug me until I figure it out. So maybe I'll just have to watch it frame by frame. Yeah, why they would kill themselves, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, like, I don't are they, know. Yeah. Are they magicians? They disappeared, but hey, it's the maybe, same maybe they're like, smarter. Like uh, you know, George, you know, Devil went down to Georgia. Like those demons just popped out of nowhere and they disappeared. It's the same deal, you know. It's true. Yeah, yeah very yeah. well. You know, I, who knows what's going on in the mind of Robert Rodriguez? Hey, you yeah, know, these are Robert Rodriguez yeah. uh, uh, and Quentin Tarantino zombies, <laughs> or um, uh, 
vampires that explode. I mean, they do. They they're like soft and mushy. Like they they have their own mythology. So who knows? You can't question it too. Who really knows? And of course, like the the other. uh, And I know James. I want to let you get to yours, but. Of course, the other one that we watched this week, uh, Tango Watch Two. So I will, I will say this much: is oh, Happy Halloween. Uh, happy, happy Halloween. Now I'll, I'll say this as, as, a, as, a, as a precursor. Okay, one, I do think that Adam Sandler can act. Like, yes. I don't yeah, think he course. doesn't have the ability to act. Here's my thought: if people are kind of trashing it, like, oh, he's just so desperate for money. No, he's not. He's not. He made a very sweet deal with Netflix to make like six to nine movies yeah. with his friends yeah. being a jackass. If somebody paid me $30 million to get on camera and act like a jackass for nine films, I would totally sign off on it without even questioning what those <laughs> movies are yeah. and then do my uncut gems on the side. So like, I did not expect it to be a masterpiece like by any means, but I did think it was a fun family movie. Yes. Um, and, and so like, I give it some people are like annoyed by his character and, Whatever, I, to- I totally get that. Uh, Ray Liotta looked like he had a little bit too much plastic surgery in that movie. Hmm. Um, but I-, I did like, you know, I like I liked all the pop-ups. I loved the cameo in the very beginning from Ben Stiller. Yes! Uh, playing, yes! Playing, yeah, from uh, Happy Gilmore. same character from... Give yeah. you a glass like, shut I mean, the hell up. <laughs> that's right. That's, so, I mean, there were there were quite a few references to, like, all other Adam Sandler movies, which I thought were, were was pretty funny. The, the main person is like, uh, her name is like uh, Figgy Valentine or something like that, or um, or Violet Valentine. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, Veronica Vaughn, <laughs> you know? Um, the O'Doyles were in there. The O'Doyles are in it, yep. That was funny, like, suck it, O'Doyle. Canteen um, Boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I thought there were some pretty funny callbacks to like some of the other uh, goofy Sandler movies. So I, I will say that I personally liked it. Um, as a Halloween movie for what it was, like, which was something that I did not have to think about. I just turned it on, you know, I, I uh, took up, I actually was eating, funny enough, I was eating snack packs at the time. <laughs> it was not intentional. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I had all these uh, chocolate snack pack puddings and nobody's eating them. I'm like, why is it nobody eating these puddings? So I like, I brought some snack packs with me. I was eating snack packs and watching TV Halloween. So yes, I'm a man child. I will fully admit it, but, uh, it was still fun anyways. So with that being said, I, James, I knew you have feelings about it and that's okay. Um, I told James it it was an absolute win that he liked the babysitter sequel. So I will, I will take, uh, I will, I will take this in stride that he doesn't like who be Halloween. Um, even though it only makes me slightly sad. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. I'll loop, I'll loop back to that. We're good podcast mates because we, uh, like different things and same that's things. right oh. exactly you have different point of view that's good all right what did you so, watch this oh i'm so, sorry I will, I will say i did watch one other thing um i watched the cleansing hour on shutter um i don't know if you've seen that james but i've seen it i've seen the thing for it. i haven't watched it yet it's good it was actually surprisingly good uh oh, i like good. kyle 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 i can't press i can't talk today uh kyle <laughs> gellner um He's been, he he kind of has these. He's he's got a weird charm to him. I don't know what it is about him, but he's uh he's actually pretty endearing, even though he's he looks like he's got a mustache of a pedophile. Um, <laughs> but, he does um, yeah, a creepy mustache. He does a creepy mustache when he grows facial hair. But I will say that um it, it was actually really well done. It was kind of the premise is this guy has this fake exorcism exorcism show uh, on like you know YouTube channel like a video channel. And uh, so he, he stages all of them. He's a forward renowned, but it's like all fake. 
And then you finally have Kyla Gunner's fiance um, is like playing one of the exorcist victims, but she's actually, she's actually really possessed. Like all hell breaks loose. Um, it was very well done considering like the premise. I, I didn't think it was going to be good, but um, definitely worth, worth the watch if you haven't been in. Um, it's not super long, so um, it's, it's pretty action. It's pretty action packed in my opinion, and, and, all, and good for like what is a traditional exorcism movie, a modern take on. It, so very cool. I'll actually check that out. I'll probably actually watch it tonight. Um, so we'll we'll get back to Hubie Halloween. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about because it's it's you know it just premiered on YouTube, um, and like a lot of social media is talking about it. But I watched. Uh, I guess it's a sequel but i watched uh never hike in the snow which is a the the, the filmmakers who did never hike alone it's there i didn't know one. that i didn't i didn't know that was out yeah it's out um uh i didn't like it nearly as much as i like never hike alone um it doesn't have did, as a concise of a story did it, have um, tom did it have tom matthews in it no no well there was a, i don't actually there was one guy in it who he's unless Tommy Matthews has gotten even much older looking than he did. He already looked in Never Hike Alone, which I think was three years previous. I couldn't, I don't know. I, I have to look it up. But he, when I finished, I'm like, was that supposed to be Tom Matthews? Or was that actually supposed to be Tommy Jarvis? And I missed it. Um, even though, like I said, it didn't look like Tom Matthews. It, it kind of looked like him. I don't know. I need to rewatch it. Um, but I, I, I will be honest. The movie, so... You know, it's it is shorter than Never Hike Alone, and it like the thing. I, I mean, I there was a lot I liked about Never Hike Alone. The fact that it, to, yeah, I was gonna say Tom Matthews is supposed to be in it. That's what I think. Yeah, I think it was, but he looked even older. But, but again, there was also a sheriff. There was also like a sheriff in that as well. Like he, yeah, I'll have to watch it. But so yeah, so there's a sheriff and a deputy. Okay, well let me. I'll kind of okay. Where the first one had a very like you're you know you're following basically one character toward until the very end and it you know you sort of and again the whole thing of like you know internet trail junkies and guys who like you know social media guy like that's very relatable and now and understandable and and I actually thought he was a really good actor and the fact that we sort of followed him throughout that made it like easier to follow this is like I don't know it the whole ending of it too was like wait this is the ending I don't know it, it felt disjointed and Tom Matthews character isn't in it. If, if it is Tommy Jarvis, if it's Tom Matthews, he's not in it a lot. Um, he's only in it a few things, and he's, he's sort of like the neighborhood loony kind of. You you watch it, is he, you tell is me. He, yeah, I watch it. Is he like? Does he become like the uh, like the old Ralph? Kind like cool? well, kinda. so basically, he's like the only guy that he's like. You're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, no, he, he's not necessarily that, but he's more of like so. This young kid, you know, let's do this because I don't want to spoil. And it's so I'll, short, like anything. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it tonight. And then we'll, and then we'll talk about it in our next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I anyways, say, my, oh, sorry, one thing real quick. I'm sorry. I made to interrupt you. Another YouTube uh, video. If you get a chance to check it out, it's awesome. Uh, 30 minute documentary about tremors called uh, making perfection. Oh, uh, I'll check. Definitely check that, with, that out. Uh, Kevin Bacon and some of the screenwriters. I wonder if it's going to be on that uh, shout factory tremors set. Cause it's I know there was a new behind the scenes for that too. Yeah, it's about it's about a thirty minute documentary on YouTube. I, I just watched it before, uh, earlier today, and uh, it was it was really worth it. It was a really quick watch, but um, I, I thought it was kind of really cool behind the uh, behind the scenes. There was only brief moments of Jamie Kennedy, so I will I will tell you uh, that's that's a wing for you, um, right? In that capacity, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there's a, a few like mid credit scenes as well that are pretty fun. So, uh, sorry, check it out. 
No, no, no worries. But basically, I just it was okay. I don't, I didn't like it or was nearly as impressed as I was by Never Hike Alone. So, but you'll see. And, and the movie looks good. Um, you know, the, I, the cinematography in the first ten minutes of it is really well done. After that, I, I don't know. I overall, I, I did definitely don't think it was nearly as accomplished as well as uh, Never Hike Alone. But. I do think it was a cool concept about like you've never actually seen Jason in a in a colder climate setting like or in snow though i guess there were scenes like in some of the movies um that were and maybe this isn't a screen factory box that you you got uh but there were there were scenes that uh that were uh part where it takes place in the snow like there's a like a snowy scene or something like that where he, he kills somebody it's like some of the unwritten kills of Jason Voorhees and whatever took place in the snow. So, but I, I will say this kind of, though: the snow thing doesn't even. It's not even. It has really nothing to do. Like it's the. It's yeah. It, I think it was just a way is, to. I, mean, that's, I watch it, but I mean, I was not like still saying on Crystal Lake would be great. Jason fell through the ice or pops up through the ice. I mean, that would none be, of that. None of yeah, that. Not the spoilers, but it's more of missed opportunity. Yeah, it's it's. Again, you'll watch it. You'll tell me what you think. Um, so okay. I watched that, and then I watched I, again. I watched so much horror. In fact, even I was writing down things I'd never seen before, and I think there was things I had never seen before that I watched that I've just forgot to write down. Um, but I mean, basically, it's been the one thing about COVID and working from home is that I, I mean, I have full access to <laughs> of watching television uh, to the point that it's sometimes I even I, I'm like I don't even know what to watch anymore. I've I've watched you know everything, but. I did watch, so I want to talk about this last week. So I know a lot of people were have been talking a lot about the movie Scare Me, which is streaming on Shudder. I was going to ask if you watched that. I did. Um, I hated it. But not that it's a bad movie. It's not. In fact, um, the actress who's like the female lead in it, she kind of has come out of nowhere, but she was also, she plays, um, or I should say, well, no, uh, spoilers. Um She's in The Boys. Um, but, like, it's it, the movie is well-written, and the acting is good, but I hated it. I don't see, like... First off, it's not a horror movie, even though that's the whole premise of it. It's... I don't know, man. I felt like they had something there, and I feel like the dialogue was smart and funny, but the overall, there was no real plot, and, like, it, it had this weird tone that I, I just... It didn't work for me. This sort of, like, sarcastic mean-spirited plot but didn't oh wow that is a character from the boys yeah yeah i did not even recognize um yeah. which is totally funny froze up james yeah it was a big time yeah, he's stuck. Yeah, he's, he's stuck, he's in, stuck uh, in the virtual world. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I think what he's probably trying to say is that uh, he's upset that the uh, the main character didn't have superpowers. <laughs> you know, while we wait for for James, and I know it's unrelated to horror, but I have been I did watch the first season of The Boys uh, the past couple of days. Yeah, I'm on season two now. Oh. I'm on season two now, and. Uh, Man, it's a really good show. Holy shit! God damn, man! Season two just uh, season two just ups the level of uh, no shit. Violence to a whole whole another level, man. I just uh, I just finished uh, like ser- the season two finale. Like, whew, I I, I I'm kind of seeing like 
Like uh, the seven. Mailman like, Mike was talking. Mailman Mike was talking about it the other day. Like great, great cinematic writing. Yeah, yeah. it is. Cool. Like for me, you know, what makes it better? Like I'm putting in it the preface of like the seven is like the United States government and like the rest of the you know, rest of the people's like the world and how we perceive and how everyone's perceived perception of them is. And it's like in reality, like in behind the closed doors are these, these fucking messed up people. And they, oh, it's so good. I, I can't wait to finish it. It's like, I have all these new games that I want to play, but now like, I'm like, okay, so now I have, now what I decided is like, I'm going to have the boys playing on my laptop and then <laughs> and on the TV. You're going to play, you're going to duel it up. Have you playing the new games? Well, uh, hey, well, let me ask you a question while James is not on, on yeah. the line. What did, you, what did you think, Ruby Halloween? What did you think? Did what, you did like I, what did I think? I liked it. Like, honestly, like, it was it was fun. The average Joe's like it. Yeah. The average Joe's like, like it. And, and, you know, it, it, I, I doubt he'll listen to this again, but I'm not some edgelord <laughs> like like James is, all right? Like... I, I can appreciate, I can appreciate things for what it is, regardless if it's is it is it gonna win a, a uh, an Oscar? Absolutely not. But that that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. Like like I say it all the time. Anytime like the replacements is on, like on TBS, I watch it. Is it the greatest movie right. of all time? No. Is it fun? Yeah. You know and and you know and, and when you had posted it on Facebook, you posted it on Facebook that you're watching. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like I literally just watched it. And then of course, like there, there, there comes the party pooper. You know, <laughs> I knew he was. Gonna, I see the thing is, I, I know James Wilder. I knew he wasn't gonna like it, so that's okay. Um, I, I I appreciate him. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really, you know, I, I really I love the callbacks to some of the older movies that he did. I, I really like the, uh, you know, I just really like the, the fondness of it. Had all the cameos, man. Had all like had some great cameos in it. Uh, had stuff for the younger kids, like yeah. a lot of the. Like Dizzy, Dizzy Channel Kids, man. Ray Liotta's in there. I never, never get tired of watching Ray Liotta. I could watch Ray, um, Ray Liotta like cut carrots, like, and it would still be fun. Uh, I actually watched something too. Like they did a reading of uh, Fat, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Ray oh, Liotta yeah. played played the teacher. God damn! Like it was like him and Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf. Like he, they were the only <laughs> two people like really acting like in the table read. And like Ray Liotta, yeah, doesn't get it. I mean, I, he does get enough credit, but like, like I've out of like the I've out of the the mafia actors. Like, I think yeah, he's like he's funny. He's a funny guy, though. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we talked about again, totally not horror related, but uh, yeah, he was he was an observer in the report. I thought he played like kind of the, the right, yeah, in affairs in that movie. And I was like, man, like Ray Liotta, you're the man. Like, you know, he, he was just hilarious. Uh, you know, in that movie, in that movie, so. yeah. And then uh, I remember too, uh, as James comes back. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that later. Uh, yeah. You know, James yeah. is back here. Uh, welcome right. back, sir. We, we had some, uh, we had some air. We filled in some air for you. Yeah, we were that's just, good. We we're talking about who you know, Halloween. You know, these things are. You know, you know these things are. Uh, you know, editable. You can edit them. Yeah, because no, 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 no. Wait, because the, the show can't go on without you. Is that what you're saying, James? Is well, that what I'm just it saying? Is? <laughs> I'm just saying. Is that what it is? We, we're not we're capable. Talk about how Radio is a funny. He's a funny. He's a funny guy. Yes, he's not, he, not, not like a clown funny. You know, not like my clown. 
Oh, my God. Speaking of which, real quick before we we get back on track, this morning, for whatever reason, I was watching the SNL sketch with Jim Brewer, a sketch, with Jim Brewer as Joe Pesci on the Joe Pesci show. Oh, God, that dude, he nailed it. Anyway, I digress. Welcome back, James. We are fully capable of running the show without you. I just want to let you know, uh, we, you know, I apologize. If you we, say so. But we did miss you. <laughs> missed you a lot. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So you're saying scare me. You didn't like it. You, yeah. You, it, yeah. It, it was very just. Like yeah. Like the acting, the both. Yeah. I mean, mainly she was better. The, the guy was okay, but she sort of steals the whole movie. And then Chris Red from uh, SNL is in it for a few minutes. And he's, oh. he's great in it too. But the main guy who is basically the uh, protagonist kind of. You have to watch the movie to understand, but um, I don't know. I just I don't know if he was like the writer director, but he definitely didn't. He was good. He wasn't bad, but I mean, the other two sort of stole the show. Um, but it, like I said, it, it had potential. I think like there's talent there, um, uh, especially as far as the script. Like there was a lot of funny dialogue, and the performances were funny, but it just it had this weird tone that I just didn't understand, and. Um, I don't know. It, and it was like the, it, anyways, it, it was it's, very on dis- watch, it's on my list to watch this week. So I'll tell you what, I'll watch that and you watch the closing hour and then we can, uh, we'll compare. We'll, compare we'll, we'll meet back. So sweet. I like it. Um, so, um, did you, watch, that, did you watch vampires, uh, versus Brooklyn? Yeah, I did. Way? I did. That was one of the ones I wanted to talk about, uh, which, which I loved, even though, it definitely felt like a weird, like a remake of Lost Boys in a lot of ways. Like to some shots were literally like, like an, urban, like an urbanized Lost Boys. Yeah, exactly. Of. But overall, I really liked it. That was really fun. Um, I thought all the kids in it were really great. Um, I did, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was funny. Like I think they they replaced the scene where they're learning from their comic books with learning watching from Blade. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I thought of too. So. And I love how much they say suckheads in it, which was also very like. Yeah. Uh, I like all the blade admiration, which makes sense. And like the and uh, yeah, it was really fun. I really liked that one. That that one gives gets a recommendation. Yeah, um, it's a good. That was, and I think that's also another good family like friendly. Yes, uh, absolutely. One as well. It's good for. You saw a lot of people recommending it online. Like if there are people who are looking for like starter horror movies for people that don't like to be like scared a whole lot. One hundred percent. That was that was good. But yeah, I really liked it. I liked the cast. I thought the kids were great in that movie. Um, I, I loved kind of some of the like inner inner tur- turmoil. Uh, that was going on, like you know, true like true problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the world, in the world we live in. So I, I thought it was, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because I was waiting for you to watch it. But I, I thought it was really good, especially you know, again to your point, like if you're a fan of Lost Boys, like this is this is a great, uh, great kind of I don't want to say follow up, but a great caveat to that, right? Yes, um, and I, it's one that's definitely like it it for a new. There's definitely like an homage factor, like where it's like definitely there's lots of Lost Boys references and other film references, but it 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 they feel earned and they feel appropriate, like and I they feel like definitely the the spirit that they were trying to capture, they they nailed it. So I'm I'm a fan. I, like I said, definitely will recommend that. Um, I also ended up watching Books of Blood, um, the Hulu original. Uh, nah, it's. It's a C C minus. Like there's there's good things about about it. Uh, some of the in fact some of the special effects and gore were fantastic, but just doesn't didn't it was very bland, like it was very limp. Um, especially like I said, trying to translate Clive Barker 
you know, Clay Barker's writing has such an edge to it, and it's such a real um, his wor- his writing has life to it, and his characters are very complex and you know interesting characters because they're very like you know he rarely writes an honest to goodness good person. Most of his people are very fallible and stuff, but it his writing is depth, and like I said, there definitely is an atmosphere and a darkness to his writing, and the. the the movie doesn't capture any of that. And like, it's trying to make it's, you know, a movie based off of a collection, a a bunch of different collections of short stories. So they chose three to make into a film. And I mean, I could talk about this movie for a whole podcast because they made a bunch of weird choices in the script changing from Clyde Brecker's like short stories, but for no real, like for no reasons I could understand, like this doesn't make it a better story or make it more believable or make it more modern. It just seems like to be changed for the sake of, being changed i know i found it very odd like i said i could talk about that more at length but uh overall just very much a just bland some things were cool but most of it was just sort of underwhelming yeah i I was very disappointed i I did hear that they were uh i don't know if you heard this but they're doing they're gonna do a nightbreed television show yep yep yeah but uh, it's obviously that the hellraiser one too for i think hbo was they were gonna do one but i think that's kind of caught in like some turmoil well, Mike, Michael Doherty is doing the Nightbreed one, which I'm very skeptical about. So we'll see. Um, I watched that. I watched this Shudder movie called The Deeper You Dig or Deeper You Dig. Um, really interesting. I wouldn't say I. it's good. It's very uneven. There's definitely some points where you're like, you know, it's it looks really slick. Um, it looks like a very interesting movie. But then there's some times where they... they, they choose these really cheap special effects to sort of really take you out of the movie and like sort of ruin the moment. Um, it's actually written and direct it. So it's the, the name of the director is like the Adams family one uh, D um, but the, I guess the writer and director is the main star. And then his real life daughter plays a character in the movie. It just so it's, I, I'm very interested to see what, what they do next because like there was a lot of potential there. Um, yeah, very interesting script. Um, you know, the, the plot or the overall story isn't groundbreaking, but what they did with it was really interesting. And it's basically like to not spoil anything. It's, it's like an accidental death ghost story kind of thing. Um, but it's interesting. It's really interesting. And then all the performances are pretty, pretty good. But sometimes it just veers into like this weird hokey territory or where you're like, was this just because you didn't have the budget or do you just, did you miss the mark? So it's, it's pretty interesting. I would be curious to hear what other people think. I, I literally don't know anybody else. I know who's seen it. I, I think I saw one social media post about it, just like, hey, I'm going to watch this movie. Not, nothing really um, deep diving into it. But I, I thought it was pretty interesting, especially for a movie on Shudder. Um, Again, I don't think it, it was fully successful, but I think what they did right, I think I was pretty impressed with for a bunch of known non-actors or no-name actors. Um, you know, like I said, using the guy and his daughter, like, but they were both pretty good at what they did. Um, there's a real humanity there. So that one's interesting. Again, I, I don't know if I would necessarily give it a full recommendation, but I would be curious to hear other people's thoughts. Um, I watched Bite Size, uh, Bite Size Horror, which I can give a very uh, succinct review of. <laughs> Um, we'll move on. Um, I watched Stan Helsing uh, for the first time because uh, I was like, wow, did I just watch the dumbest uh, Halloween movie I've ever seen? Let me see the Stan Helsing. Um, so, let's t- so let's talk about Hubie Halloween. Um, 
look, here's the thing. I, I don't hate I Am Sandler is capable of great things and old Am Sandler is great. You know, like I said, like I don't it, I have nothing again. In fact, I just listened to before we started recording this, I what there's this podcast called Smartless with um uh Jason Bateman and um uh Job. I'm all of a sudden I'm blanking on his the actor's name, but Job from uh, uh I'm sorry? Joe Meganello? No, no, Joe, he plays Joe. Uh, I'm blanking on. Uh, Will. Forte? What's that? Will Forte? No, no. Uh, he plays his brother on Arrested Development. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden, but he played Job, his brother. Anyways, oh, okay. it's podcast, and, and, and um, uh, Am Sandler's on it. And like I said, Am Sandler seems like Will a good dude. Very- Will Arnett, thank you. Uh, thanks, producer. Yes. I'm on yes, it. They actually come, have a great come in clutch finally. Green uh, documentary, <laughs> not, not horror related, but if you want to watch a good documentary uh, by Morgan Spurlock, they host Manson, uh, which is all about a. It's a whole documentary like about uh, men's grooming habits, which is hilarious. They're at a spa. They they host it through other spots. I dig so. that. I'll I'll check that out. I like yeah. those guys. But yeah, so but anyways, here's my thing with Hoobie Halloween. I was ready to give it a shot. I was ready to like say, yeah, like let's do this. I mean, especially because like I'm that's what I'm in the mood for, like you know, like fun Halloween. You know, not think too hard, just you know, fun Halloween. But the movie one has no point. There's no reason it exists. It doesn't do anything. So real movies have a beginning, middle, and end, and characters have adversities that they overcome, and they learn. Like this movie's just like every every day was an adversity for Ubi. Nobody but that's the thing them. is, there's no up. He just he's like everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. The whole ending, which I feel was such a cheat, and so, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like it's, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Your fault, but like the, all of a sudden, like Mama they're gonna, gonna all of a sudden all magically have like a, it, the movies. And the thing is, I, this is what I was complaining to my twin brother. Um, I'm such a fan of you know, of, you know, family friendly, uh, Halloween films. And I'm such a fan of, um, they, they filmed it in Salem, Massachusetts, which is a beautiful city has. So there's so much you could have done with that. And it was almost like an afterthought. And I genuinely hated first off the whole thing with Kevin. God, even just thinking about it is making me angry. I hated everything about it. I hated his stupid kids who were his real kids because they they couldn't act. Um, uh, his, his real kids? Yeah, the two girls. And that's the thing is, oh. one is supposed to Kevin be James? like, no, uh, Adam Sandler's two real kids. And his wife oh, is, plays the okay. newscaster. Yeah. It's like, yeah, his wife. I, I always remember what she looks like. Yeah. But hey. like Kevin James, like, why does this, there's no reason for, first off, most such towns, like, most cops, you can't have your hair a certain length, and you have to if you're gonna have a beard, it has to be trimmed. He's got some dumb mullet, which is it made. It's not even a joke. It's so cheap. I hate it. I honestly, I hate everything about it. I hate really, really every quick. decision that led to that movie before, makes me makes me mad. Before before you go on any further with that, as soon as I saw Kevin James's character, I was reminded of uh, uh, this this SNL sketch with uh, Bill Hader. It was puppet class. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, looks ju- it looks just like that fucking puppet. Like <laughs> that's what I thought he was trying to mock. And then why wouldn't you do like 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 Paul Blart like like as like the the character on that one? Like if you do cameos, why not do that one? Anyway, the whole thing and like that like that's who his the girl he likes 
you know, just the whole thing was so goddamn dumb. I'm and the thing uh, is, the only, the only thing I didn't like about it was the whole shack scenes. Yeah, and that uh, was dumb. That the, look, it's yeah. got Cibusemi. I was really hoping, and here's my other. This is a this is more of a personal complaint more than a legitimate criticism. But I was hoping that it was actually going to be like supernatural or have some sort of element at the end of like, oh, Cibusemi really is a werewolf, or you know his, you know it. But none of that, like. And just wait. I mean, you had Steve Buscemi in it, and you know, and well, I guess, I guess that's like where, yeah. I mean, they. So, I don't know. Maybe it was supernatural, and they just discredited him as like being because there's a whole scene, not to spoil it, but where he's in the basement, or and they like literally jumps like straight out of the basement. Yeah, it's like how do you not supernatural if you do that? So maybe just take well, the whole landing is like his. Well, you know, our family's been in Salem. Like they, they like his mother is a witch, kind of. But again, not really. And like, yeah, it's, and I, it, there's so all these weird flake leaps of logic or plot holes through it too that I don't want to get into. But like, maybe it will be explained in a Hoobie Halloween sequel. Yeah, let's hope. Um, anyways, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think he's got a few more in the pipeline. So you know, he does. Just, uh, I think he still is like four or five movies he owes yeah, Netflix. Okay. So well, you know, I mean he's gotta do sequel to one of those. You know, that's all I can imagine. But I digress. But what saddened me about your about your <laughs> your comments was that you thought that it was Stan Housing was better than uh that. And the only reason I have a problem with that is just Steve Howe who plays Stan Housing in that oh I hate him stupid hate movie him. and I would rather take Five million Hoobie Halloweens over Steve Howe as the dumb. I, you know, I'd rather watch Jack Jack Slayer Monster Hunter, who's a plumber. He's a plumber, and he was a monster hunter. And I like that better than stupid Stan Helsing. Look, when I made this, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I, I did. I made a post. Basically, it was just an easy dig at Hoobie Halloween. Uh, I will say, I don't know if it's better. Uh, I mean. I will say it had more of a reason to exist because at least it was like saying like, Oh, like here's this, like it was bad. It was real bad. And his stupid hair and bandana, I wanted to slap it off of his face. And he, apparently he seems like a pretty scumbaggy dude in real life. Um, he's shameless. He's yeah, he is. I did like him on that Reba show though, because he played a dumb person. And I, maybe he is really a dumb person. He's real dumb. But yeah. the, I will say the eye candy yes. in, uh, in, uh, Stan Helsing was, was fine. But, um, Anyways, that, yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's, my... that's the downside of Hoobie Halloween. There was a lot of kids that were on the Disney Channel that are not a lot more grown up now, and I was like, man, I probably should not be thinking about that <laughs> right now. I watched you on that show, Jesse. No, sorry, not. <laughs> don't get don't get put on some lists, some watch lists. They're eighteen now. It's all the same. Um, any anywho, um, I can appreciate that you didn't like it. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, I I personally did like it. That's just a personal preference, you know. And yeah, that's exactly. A, that's okay. We live we live in a world of, of democracy where we can love or hate Kooby Halloween is still gonna make Adam Sandler a buttload of money, whether we love it or hate it anyways. So I I, guess, I, I do want to talk about like two more things before we jump into our list. So this is why we started early because we're gonna walk. I I did want to call out a few things that I saw previous for this week or read about that I thought were, were kind of cool. And I wanted to share, I guess, first and foremost, I'm sure you guys all heard that Dexter is coming back for a, uh, yep. a revival. I know people are very excited about it. I know some certain people are very excited about that. Um, I hopefully redeems the ending. Um, 
I'm like, I know. You know, I, people got really mad about that ending, but I was like, honestly, like there was no chance he wasn't going to come back. Yeah. So um, I just hope they pit him against his own son. That's what I hope. Um, because his son is going to grow up to be a serial killer. So hopefully he's chasing answers with his own son, which would be good. Uh, Shudder is uh, is coming up with a red, like kind of an Irish red eyed vampire movie called uh, Boys from Country Hell, uh, which actually looks like a pretty like promising. It's basically about a uh, a guy spends his day drinking pints with his friends in this old uh, like tourist trap of uh, this old like classic like vampire trap in England, and inadvertently their construction crew like while fucking around like knocks over the statue of this like ancient vampire and like infects one of their their folks so it's basically these uh drunken lads from the english countryside fighting against vampires like lost boys meets uh you know british country uh so it it looked pretty good Uh, so i I, you know read about it today i was like oh i'll have to check it out it's gonna be on shutter so that's that's always good could be promising right right um so i did see uh some more screenshots of the witches movie and I do not like it. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I could, I could appreciate that as well. Um, a couple of things that, that really did uh, get me excited is I'm super excited about psycho Gorman. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, me too. Psycho Gorman's awesome. And I'm excited. I think it comes out in January um, at some point. So we'll get a chance to, to check that out as well. Um, there's something I read about though, that I, I thought was kind of interesting, James, uh, two things. They're doing a day of the dead series. For sci-fi, I saw that. Um, Elvira has a comic coming out, a post-apocalyptic comic called Omega Mama. <laughs> and I was like, you can't ever go wrong with Elvira in a post-apocalyptic setting. So, nope. but there's actually a, uh, and I haven't seen previews for it yet, but I, I, it's getting a lot of like pretty fun reviews. There is actually a puppet movie, um, which is supposed to be a very gory uh, puppet movie. I'm trying to find it. There's an article on it on. Uh, bloody disgusting and it's called uh franken zed um it's about these like two like zombified ghouls that like serve this like master like overlord uh like witch that gets blown apart and they spend like centuries trying to um you know basically like piece them back together again so it's supposed to be it's like very much like a very very much like a jeff dunham puppet but with like lots of gore and effect um, Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty good reviews. It uh, premiered at the uh, the Night Stream Film Festival. So um, there's a first glance trailer. Check it out. But those are a couple couple new movie or horror horror things that I noted this week that I was like, hey. Of course, Anna Trevor's. Uh, next week is the uh, the new Trevor's movie that comes out, which uh, has Richard Brake in it, and it replaces Jamie Kennedy with John Heater. I don't know yeah. if that's gonna be a you know a good thing or a bad thing, but I know we'll Jamie Kennedy, you don't like I know you don't like Jamie Kennedy, so I mean I mean I did I will say though I did I didn't actually hate him. He's Jamie Kennedy's a, can be a little much, but I actually didn't necessarily hate him in the tremors. But yeah. but I mean in I don't know about John Heater, so we'll see. But uh, Richard Brake though, I, but it's it's a Netflix original though, or is it? Uh, I think it's just VOD. Okay. I think it's just, like just video on the menu. I thought I read that. Yeah, it was Netflix but, streaming. Uh, they're on. They're on a big, big game. It, it may be. It may be on Netflix. I know they put the last one out there pretty, like right away. Um, and you can buy the video on on demand. Um, I'll also say some pretty interesting news on the Scream Five front as well. 
that there were some leaked uh, announcements that not only is it in some way, shape, or form that Jamie Kennedy, um, Matthew Lillard, and Ski Ulrich are somehow like connected. So I think in the next movie they're going to do some uh, either flashbacks or or something. Uh, some people are saying that maybe potentially could be a little bit of a, like a prequel. Um, because there are a lot of the characters have very much like nineties era, like garb. Um, so I know some people say it's not, some people say it we'll is, say. but, uh, yeah, man, I'm getting, getting pretty space. Spyglass is doing some good things. And I, uh, radio silence who did, uh, the, um, ready or not movie with Samara weaving, like my long, long love, um, is, uh, is having pretty good track record so far. So I mean, the more I hear about it, the more I'm getting pretty excited about some of the characters. So, We'll, we'll see. It's uh, a. Uh, I will say one of the things though I watched uh, this week was uh, Scream Four, which I I bought it when it came out. I bought I bought bought the the film when it came out without seeing it, and I remember when I first watched it, it was like, well, that was underwhelming. And then I w- tried to rewatch it, and I was like, you know what? I don't even think it's underwhelming. I think it's actually pretty pretty bad movie, but uh, it it is uh, I, it doesn't rank as bad as number three from in most people's eyes. Um, but I will say I, I did I do, did really like uh, Hayden Pantier's yeah. character Kirby. Uh, uh, she was really good. Um, I I did uh, love Emma Roberts kicking the shit out of herself at the end of that movie. So that was always a that was a bonus to see too. Um, so I mean I, I did kind of like the uh, you know the, I mean they tried to take a little bit of a, a fresh well, spin on it. Uh, some of the characters were very much yes. unlikable. I think that's what did it. that's what did it. And I, I didn't like the boyfriend. Um, obviously you knew he wasn't killer because he's on. Yes. Well, the, my thing is one is like, I did like the fact that they used a concept of how everybody just wants to be famous now. And I was like that, that, I mean, yeah. that would, but the thing is it, it's so much the first movie. It's almost like a remake of the first movie. If you really think about it, um, yeah. just using, you know, the, it, it's, and they even call even, they even call that out. They even make the comparison at the end of like, you're Billy yeah. and you're Stu. And that makes you the survivor. The only thing I, I, I didn't get is like, look, I know I know kids are high tech these days, like probably know way more than I do. Um, but how in the hell are you going to post that online? And yeah, I know. Box? I thought like, yes. That's what I want. That's what I want to like. Like, how are you how getting are this you footage? Like, anyway? Yeah, yeah, yes, there's a lot. Of- like I know that's what it's like. Do you have like an ocular camera in the mask? Like I, yeah, I, I think I think quite get there. And Rory Culkin's character is very like if you guys seen seen him in the uh, Lords of Chaos, like. In this movie, he's not, not a big dude. He's not throwing people around like that's the other. I mean, two, two. I mean, yes, like Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard. Big well, Matthew Lillard, right? yeah, Matthew Lillard is like yeah. six two, six yeah. three. So yeah, Kevin the goal plan, right? Like, yeah, he could he probably you know kick some serious ass. Even fucking Scott Foley <laughs> in part three. But these two, like, my biggest issue is like, look. They're nowhere going to be, and they be that costume would be dragging on the ground. Well, the thing is, hey, hey, Hayden Panettiere, hey. he's like five foot. Exi- she's short. So. Yeah, I will say though, I, I love I love Rory Culkin. I thought he was really good in that, especially in the last scene where they sort of revealed. But yeah. overall, I overall, I was sort of like, this is just kind of shoulder beat, shoulder beat, shoulder beat. Billy and Stu, Billy and Stu. I was like, man, you're really such a you're a fanboy, and I I appreciate that, but. uh yeah, I do. It, it was over- underwhelming, but I do like again it, for a generation that they didn't grow up with that movie. I had a very very strong debate with somebody online uh, that was, was shitting all over the original. I was like, look, like say what you want about it, you cannot like it, but you have to give it credit where credit. Of course, help help did help revitalize the genre. 
Uh, but this also person was also a douche nozzle and said that uh, that horror comedy wasn't a real thing because uh, it didn't. It was too much comedy in, in a in a certain movie. And I was like, you've never heard of the genre horror comedy. You've never watched The Evil Dead or Dead Alive or you know like Tucker Dale versus like like do you just not know these things or like. I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm, I'm sounding very edge lordy over here, but uh, but there are things that do exist outside of uh, outside of your uh, hereditary. Let me just say that much. Um, but, hey, so well, we got movies to talk about here. Yeah, We're we got. Yeah, I guess I guess if you want, you got, yeah. We got we got a uh, part three of uh, you know what to watch during Halloween of different genre, of horror genres. We're doing numbers of what eleven through 15. 11 through fifteen. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, coin flip, imaginary coin flip. Uh, Derek's going. Well, I went oh. last. Yeah, say so good. Oh, no, okay. no, it's good. Uh, I was gonna say I went first last time, so Derek should go first this time. All right. Well, our, our first category is uh, family friendly horror, <laughs> and uh, despite what you might think, I am not gonna pick Hoobie Halloween for this. <laughs> no, I was um, curious. I, I, I will say um, this was a tough one because there's there a lot of really great. I think like family family horror that I consider family horror. Um, and, you know, I do like Nightmare Before Christmas and um, there are some other, obviously Beetlejuice uh, falls in that category as well. But I, I think for me, it was, it was funny. Um, uh, about two weeks ago or so, my, my 10 year old niece came over for to hang out for a while and uh, she does not, she scares easily. And uh, so I was like, well, I don't, what can I put on? I got to get in the Halloween spirit somehow. So I put on Hocus Pocus. Um, which to me is always like, I, I always, uh, number one, like, I just, I like the concept. Also takes place in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, I think they do a far better job than Hoobie Hell. You know, give it that much of, of uh, embracing the landscape. I also grew up not too far from Salem, Mass. I just grew up a little bit north of the border there. So about an hour away. So I've been there been there a few times. I have friends actually live there now. And um, yeah, I, I really like Hocus Pocus. I thought it was fun. Like Bette Miller, uh, Kathy, Kathy DeJimi, Sarah Jessica Parker, like, in their prime, very cool story. Um, you know, so uh, obviously uh, Doug Jones uh, plays plays Billy the <laughs> the ghoul in that movie. Um, though I, I can't quite get over the uh, the kid's name is Thackeray, and I was like, <laughs> can you just decide on like a name? Like this is like Jimothy all over again. Yeah, this no. is, uh, except it's Thackeray. It's even worse. Um, yeah, man. Hocus Pocus is I. It's always. Uh, a classic for me right up there with like the great pumpkin uh charlie brown so that's i think that's my my go-to family movie uh it was still a little too tense for for my niece not one related <laughs> to me so uh, i tried I, I was like trying to try to ease him in uh though i will say my son would very much appreciate it he uh spent uh like doing movie watch parties with his buddies and they just watched the original uh friday the 13th the other day and i'm like nice. i love that uh classic uh arrow food next scene with kevin bacon that's man. right kevin bacon uh, Kevin Bacon, um, what's what's your family friendly? Well, first let me just say too, like Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus wasn't a, sh- a film I grew up with. Like I, I was already at the age where um, maybe that I, w- I was looking for more edgy stuff by the time that was coming out. Um, but it's weird, like, it, and it is a really fun movie. Um, um, I particularly like Sarah Jessica Parker in the movie, like, and she's a cutie in that for some reason. But it's a really great movie. It's really fun, and it's become. Like in the last three years, it's really sort of become a cultural touchstone where it took some time to develop. Like right. the point that like Spirit Halloween Store this year had a whole section of 
a Hocus Pocus stuff. Yeah. And I think one of the things I like about, or one of the things is because it has like, you know, a very, you know, it's got women stars, it's family friendly, like it just reaches a wide audience. And I, I, I appreciate that. And it, it, it's a, it's a, it is a classic. Um, so for mine, I went with a movie, uh, technically a TV movie, I guess you would say, um, that was really informative for me and very important in my life. Um, I'm really pushing uh, the boundaries of what constitutes a horror, family-friendly horror with this, but it's definitely family-friendly Halloween, and that's the whole point of this list. Uh, I went with The Worst Witch. Um, the Worst Witch. All right. That was Yay. a movie growing up that I, I watched that every year for probably 15 years in a row. I saw it new when it premiered on HBO. And first off, I, I've always froze a bulk when I was a kid. I I just there's something about her that really appealed to me, um, you know. Um, I don't know if it I I mean you know I could look this up I guess, but I don't know if Worst Witch predates Return to Oz. I think it, Return to Oz came out before Worst Witch, but I could be wrong. But you know that's a really amazing movie in itself and very creepy. But mm-hmm. the Worst Witch just it just there's something about it. First off, it was Harry Potter before Harry Potter, and it was a series it's, of books. It was, out, it was one year uh, one year after uh, Return to Oz. that's okay that's exactly what i thought okay perfect um thank you for verifying but you know the movie is really fun and it's very it i mean it feels like halloween uh that's the whole point of it um you know obviously most people now know for the tim curry performance of the halloween song which is is incredible um in so many different ways but you know i i grew up watching facts of life and edna garrett from facts of life she has she plays the dual roles in this movie she's the good headmistress and the bad twin sister evil headmistress is trying to take over at the school um but, you know little fruits of bulk plays the little like witch who can't like she's the one witch that messes up and nobody likes and you know she doesn't come from like a, a famous witch family um like i said it's very new harry potter in fact i used to, this is a true story as a kid that was obsessed with it and i always wanted to go to school but it was all girls because it's an all witch school and i was like wouldn't it be cool if there was an all warlock school and I used to, so, I mean, I literally thought of Harry Potter before there was Harry Potter. Um, there you uh, have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jimothy James Dean came up with with Harry Potter. Anyway. So but I don't hate trans that. people. So. That's right. I was going to say, but you don't hate trans people, so you exactly. like, went one step ahead. You probably wrote it on another napkin. That exactly. Used. That's right. <laughs> in the laundromat. <laughs> but yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of the most, like, for me, it was like, it, I had to watch it every year. Um, even into my like my twenties, I was like, I have to watch the Worst Witch. It's not Halloween unless I've watched the Worst Witch, and you know, it's 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 still to me a classic. And again, I don't think it's a movie most people these days have even seen. It's not readily available. It's not streaming anywhere. They did do, I will say, I think it was the Disney Channel or a different channel uh, did a live action Worst Witch TV TV show, um, uh, but it's not it's not the same. It's very much like a Disney kids thing where this was a little bit more. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably seeing this with rose tinted glasses. But anyways, the, the the original HBO, you know, TV movie or movie uh, is as a classic. And if you haven't seen it, it's I would highly suggest it. If you enjoy things like Hocus Pocus and you know um, more family friendly Halloween fair. Yeah, no, I'm 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 right on board with you. I, I will say uh, an honorable mention. It's not a Halloween movie, so I didn't bring it up. But um, it was it was my favorite uh, as a kid witch movie and it was called uh, teen witch with robin Lund. oh i love teen I had, witch, a, yeah. uh, 
I had a immense crush on like when I was when I was growing up um, watching that movie. And uh, yeah, so uh, very good actor. Also, I honestly actually relate to Blake Lively, funny enough. Um, <laughs> so anyways, check it out. Uh, yeah, so uh, next on our list is uh, Gory Horror. This is a tough one too, because I feel like everything these days, I don't know, I'm just dating myself, man, to be honest with you, like it is really gory horror. Like I really feel like anything, like anything you find these days is all like blood and guts. Like, I mean, that's like the kind of the the whole vibe of the uh, the torture uh, porn kind of level of mentality we hit. I will say like gory horror, and I think there's a lot of them on here, but I think kind of one for this time of year that I, I always kind of watch is, um, is hostile. I think, uh, thank you. You said you watched it as well. Sure like did. it, well, I will say this. I'm not a huge uh, Ellie Roth fan. Like, he, obviously, he has other movies that are, I think, that are way more graphic, like Green Inferno. Um, I, I do think it's just a really unique take, uh, take on it. I, I kind of like the Elite Hunting Club. I, I was like a logo. There's something I always said I was going to get a tattoo of, but then I was like, I heard they were actually like something very similar, like in the like uh, Slavic regions <laughs> over there. And I'm like, I don't want to go over there and people think that I'm a part of the elite hunting group um some kill cult yeah some kill cult but i did think it was kind of a cool concept like youth hostels are dangerous um if you're in the europe they kind of tell you to avoid those um obviously if you're uh, if you're an american overseas in some areas that is also probably not to your benefit especially these days um so i, I just thought it was uh it was very kind of like a little bit uh you know actually relates very well to these days and like yeah. view on like uh, american society so um I really like. I thought there were some really interesting scenes, and I, I think my like my favorite scene is the guy he's blowtorching uh, the girl's face or the eyes popping out. I mean, that's like he's got to cut that off. Like, I said, man, that's that's fucking nasty. Um, there's always something about movies. It, it got me with Pet Cemetery, and it always gets me in every movie, even House of Wax and stuff. Anytime you cut the Achilles tendon, I'm with oh, you a thousand percent. Oh. I just like it said shivers on my spine. You can chop the guy's head off and shit down his neck. I don't care. Well, you cut the Achilles tendon. Oh, just, I feel it in the back of my calf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just like, man, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that, that gets me. So I think thinking about it from a perspective, like things that make me cringe, there, there are quite a few things. Uh, I will say like Hostel 2 is actually a really close second for me. There are some pretty... Like they up the notch in the, in the second one, the, the scene where the, the cannibal is like slowly carving off pieces of the guy's leg um, was good. Though it did very much remind me of a kind of a mirror from mirror shot of a waxworks, the first one, and when the vampire has a guy tied up in the basement and he's like pretty much eating all most of his leg, he's cuts off a piece. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's my that's my gory movie. What, what is your gory movie? So obviously, there's a ton of great horror. Uh, gory horror movies to choose from. But one thing is that the most, a lot of like the gore, like cons- the quote unquote goriest horror movies, or even just some of the goriest movies in general. Um, there's a little bit of like, there's they're always a little campy or over the top. I mean, obviously, uh, Dead Alive, Evil Dead franchise, even stuff like the the um, Necro Storm films, like Little Necro Red or um, Adam. I'm forgetting that the first one, the a violent Avenger, they're very like super gory, but they're also very stylized and like, you can't take them seriously. Cause they're a little like silly. Um, so 
I went with a movie that where the gore honestly upsets me and is actually very unnerving in that it's so for mine, I went with the 2013 version of evil dead. Um, because besides being, I think a very competent, it's not a sequel or people think it's not a, it's not a remake cause it is a sequel. It takes place 30 years after the original. Um, but Jesus Christ, the, the gore in this is truly disturbing and it's wall to wall. I mean, once the movie starts get, getting to go, the yeah. gore is just crazy. The, um, the, set, the sound in that movie too, like the sound yep, effects sound alone get, yep. get you. Like the the scene where the girl's like cutting off her her own like face, um, you could just before you even see it, you know what's happening because you're like, <laughs> yep. That's like, the one the of the coolest scenes because you don't see what's going. You hear from you know you're you're coming at it from the point of view of her boyfriend looking yeah. you know trying to find her or coming to her, and you just hear it and it's like oh, and then they show it and that's a cool thing is like. A lot of times, you know, uh, they'll shy away. And the thing is, what you were saying, weirdly, what you were saying about how every modern horror movie is gory. The thing is, I was going back to movies like from the, you know, the the uh, splatter punk, or I forget. There's a name for that, like gore, gore horror era, like basically the late '90s or late '80s and early '90s when films were just trying to be gory. But I feel like everything these days is like has to be so PG because of wide release that like I feel a lot of the violence is neutered and isn't as visceral. And for this one, like Jesus Christ, every two minutes there was something where I'm like, Oh shit. And like even the end when she gets her arm trapped under the car and she just, oh, instead of like, you think she's going to do the ash thing and, and, you know, get the chainsaw, she can't reach it. So she just pulls her arm out instead. And it's like, and the special effects are great. And it's like, but it's I like, mean, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that she saws her own doppelganger, like, yep. In half of the head. What you know? What got me in that movie uh, is the scene where the uh, and obviously spoilers uh, where he's uh, fighting. Uh, the, I think it's a girlfriend that was cutting her face off, and he gets that's, the needle, the needle in the that, eye. That's like, oh, I was gonna ah, literally what I was going to end I, with because ugh. that's I I have an eye phobia. Like you know, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before. I can't I can't even watch people put in contact lenses without getting upset, without getting like nauseous. And that scene in the theater freaked me the fuck out. I mean, the whole scene is crazy, but that just the needle in the eye and like having to pull it out, like, but yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a movie where I feel like the gore is important in the movie because you're, you know, it sort of tells you what the deadites do and what they are and how like vicious and stuff. And, um, but again, like, unlike, and it's, Obviously, the original. I mean, I chose Evil Dead Two as my favorite horror comedy of all time, or or my favorite horror comedy to watch during Halloween. But the thing I like about this is that it's not. It it takes itself very seriously. It's not trying to be funny, and because of that, the gore is that much more like unnerving because you know it's the movie so tense. And I think Fede Aldo, whatever his name is, Fede, the director, Fede, Fede Alvarez. Alvarez, thank you. And I think he nailed it. I think the tone of the film is great. The music is great. The cinematography yeah. is great. And even the weird choices, like the blood rain at the end, it just, everything works. But specifically for me, it's the violence is so perfectly done to be an Evil Dead movie, which I think was a smart thing to do. If you're going to do a new version of Evil Dead, the two things you can't do is uh, try to find a new Ash because that's impossible. And to try to make it the same funny, funny, like the splatter stick style of like, Sure. And like, don't do that. So instead, just amp up the violence even more and just make it 
as dark as possible. And I think yeah, I will, I will say the uh, I will say like the opening scene too is like it's pretty like epic. Uh, just yeah. the scene where the girls getting chased through the woods. The and, history, yeah. Uh, the history. I I thought it was great. What always gets me in a movie aside from the eye thing is is it gets me in every movie. Um, just because I love animals so much, is the dog. Yeah, oh, yep, uh, always. Sad. Uh, yeah, same thing with cats too. Um, I don't like to see. I actually far less like to see animals hurt movies than humans. So, um, well, it's probably because they're more deserving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, most times, animals are pure. They're not yeah, selfish scumbags, good. especially they're good, good boys. Um, all right. Uh, horror sci-fi. Um, this was this was not a tough one because I have a lot on my list that I really like. Um, obviously, you can very much go with the classic aliens. Um, you know, there's there's also things like I mentioned before, like Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I like that movie, but the one that really actually was stuck on me that really stuck out with me as a kid, uh, especially Life Force. Cool, uh, good choice. Space vampires. Yeah. And um, number one, there are just some creepy images. Two, it's got Sir Patrick Stewart in it. Uh, and if you can't get uh, Jean-Luc Picard in a non-Jean-Luc Picard role, um, I, will, I will take him. I love Patrick Stewart in pretty much everything he does. So um, he, he's a he's a gem. Um, but yeah, I, I just love the concept. I just love that these vampires like suck the life force out of you. Um, it's just it's a very cool take on like the I guess like you would even call it the vampire genre. Though I do always consider it like a sci-fi horror, you know, yeah. in space. Um, but well, there's really not much that I don't like about this movie. I was actually really bummed. I, I think they tried to do a sci-fi channel, like television show on this. I think it lasted. No, maybe no, that was Nightwing. Um, that was Nightwings. But um, yeah, I mean, Life Force, I, uh, great movie. Um, it's always, I remember like, again, as a kid, like watching, like walking by in a video store and I was like, oh, why is that? Like the cover art was great. Um, cover art is fantastic, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a very, uh, just a very cool film, and not what you would expect from like a sci-fi, like space horror movie. You know, we always think of you know kind of aliens, but not in that capacity. Um, and of course, like I mean, you know, what better place to have vampires in space where there's no sun? So um, it's it's kind of brilliant. Um, but yeah, love my movie. That is that is my pick for for sci-fi horror. I can't can't go That's wrong. Like, I, usually, I usually watch it every year. Yeah, it's a good choice. I mean, it's it's. I think it's probably not toby hooper's most well-known movie but um i think it's a, a great sci-fi horror movie uh, one thing i think doesn't get enough credit for is that um early mid 80s whenever it came out um the special the practical all the practical effects are great um yeah, that, bat, that bat creature yep. uh is amazing uh very much reminds you know what reminded me of is the uh the gargoyle uh in uh oh yeah in um the uh, Tales from the Dark Side movie. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Remind me, remind me a lot of that. Like, uh, but yeah, it's just, a, it's just a very cool movie. But yeah, the, the practical effects are great. Just even just the sucking the life force out, like the energy yep. that pumps between um, and some of the effects of somebody who has that life force like sucked out of them too is showing them completely drained. Uh, just a pretty awesome, very much reminded me of, like, it also reminded me a little bit of like Return of the Living Dead, the kind of the design. Exactly, of the corpses. Yep, I agree 100%. Yeah. Which I think is again. I mean, there's something about those practical effects. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, great. I, 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 great choice. It's not even something I it was not even when I was considering it, it came popped up on my radar. But now I'm feeling like, wow, it, it's a very obvious choice. I need to rewatch it. I own it, and I haven't probably watched it in like five or six years. But I think I may change yeah, well, that tonight. Well worth it. Yeah, well worth the rewatch. So for me, I again for this list, I tried to go with things that to me again I felt were like 
spoke to my love of Halloween and what I wanted to watch specifically during this hol- this this hol- holiday season. Um, you know, one of my first choices went with The Thing because it was a movie. It's it is a movie that I've probably watched annually for thirty something years, whatever, and it's sort of a staple because it is genuinely creepy and um, uh, very scary, and the effects are so great. But uh, instead, I really I decided, especially more even more so in the last few years it's probably i think if we if i had to count it's probably the movie that i've brought up or that we've brought up the most on this podcast uh and i'm going with event horizon um everything about event horizon works and i think what makes it such a great halloween movie for me is that it is essentially a gothic horror story in space um where a lot of like this the sci-fi elements of other horror movies they usually have alien you know it's usually about aliens and um you know, uh, has these sort of kind of explainable by science, you know, like I said, they're usually alien life forms of some kind. And this, it's another dimension. And other dimension is more than likely hell. And there's, it's a supernatural sci-fi and it's basically, you know, they say the original alien film is like a uh, haunted house and space movie, but I feel like that's genuinely what this is like. Um, and it, again, stylistically, and it, you know, it's, it's Paul W.S. Anderson and it's hard because I don't, I don't think of that guy necessarily when I think of quality films, but I think this is easily his best movie. And I think totally. choosing all of the, the, all of the set design was perfect and very creepy and surreal. And um, I mean, plus you, you have Sam Neill, you have Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, you have a great cast. You have like dramatic. I mean, you have Jack Noseworthy, but that's fine. I, I forgive that. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, great. exactly. The cast I mean, is great. I mean, in all fairness, he doesn't get killed. Properly. He does get killed. Um, but yeah, I, it, to me, it's like, I, it, Still to this day, it genuinely annoys me. It still pisses me off that I'll never get to see that the full uncut scene. I know because I, I I'm the sure that scene. yeah the hell scene when the ship is basically you know they've everybody's turned on each other, um on, on that on the you know the event horizon the, or the uh, the first ship, the one that they're going to investigate. Anyways, but yeah, to me though, like I said, it's there's a ton of great horror sci-fi. In fact, really think about it, I'm like man, this is. There's so, I mean, Invasion of the Bodies. I mean, there's just so many I could have chosen. But to me, this is genuinely the one that honestly unnerves me the most. And again, I think it fits the sort of the Halloween vibe for me. So that's my choice as Event Horizon. Excellent. Good good choice. I, you know, honestly, again, like, I think people always think of space, they think of aliens. But like, I think there's just so many other caveats that I think Event Horizon is a great example of that. Like, um, that is that is one that I would love to either see a sequel for where they can really do that hell dimension the right way, like have that footage because I think we live in a uh, day and age today where like people would see that. Like I don't know how like the gore factor could be there because um, people see that anyways, right? Um, yeah. So I, there, I, I I read I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I read that, like a year ago or two years ago that there was a TV show. Well, that there was a plan to see or somebody proposed that basically doing a crossover between event horizon and the hellraiser franchise. Hmm. Um, and that the, that they were somehow tied or whatever. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I could sort of see how those two worlds would interact. But again, just like anything, a lot of like speculation yeah. things never happened, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of cool if there was a, if the core of the ship was a lament configuration. Exactly. Or, and kind that, cool. you know, it's a basically another form of a lament configuration, yeah. but I mean, I will say we, this though. Like, we, just need to, we just need to write that. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Um, I'm I'm down. Um, but I was going to say the uh, um, 
you very rarely do I want to see like like especially something that I hold as as such a classic to me as as Event Horizon. Uh, you normally like people like let's do a sequel, let's do a remake, and I'm always like ah, I don't know, like I get wary of it. But for with Event Horizon, because I feel like the concept is so strong, I'm like yeah, let's do another one. Like let's just you know tell more in that that same mythology and then tell in that same universe. So uh, I'm down for that. But yeah, that's my choice. Uh, okay. Yeah, awesome, good choice. All right. Next one on our list, uh, almost second to last, is uh, psychological horror. Um, this this one was a good one too. This really actually made me. I had to put my thinking cap on for this one because um, I mean, there. I think there are a lot of movies. And I think that probably where most people's minds go when they think of psychological horror is they think of like Silence of the Lambs. Um, it's a very yeah, maybe Bone Collector um, if you if you like that uh, kind of style of movie. I think the one like the psychological horror that really sticks out to me the most um, this time of year. And I think I, I bet you before on this, this podcast as well, um, just because it's rooted in semi-factual information is uh, the Sigourney Weaver copycat movie um, with uh, Harry Connick Jr. I, I think anything, uh, one, it's it's not, I mean, seven also, I guess you can fall in that category as well. Um, but I think what I really liked about it is, it, it, you know, it had some like real world, you know, uh, murder history. Obviously, it took copycat was uh, based off the uh, copycats of predominant serial killers. Uh, you know, Bundy, Bianchi and Bono, um, Hillside Strangler uh, or Boston Strangler. Um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of actual like factual information that was tied in there, which I was thought was cool. I remember watching at a time where, and I still am to this day, love true crime and have probably more serial killer books than than probably a sane person would have, but. Um, I, I, to me, I just love reading about that factual stuff and a lot of case stuff uh, related to that. So this is great. I mean, Sorny Weaver, you know, not very bad in what she does. Um, you know, I think uh, Dermot Mulroney is, uh, or Dylan McDermott is like the kind of the cop in that movie as well. Holly Hunter, I think, is uh, is his female cop friend or, or partner. Uh, sort of is agoraphobic, so she's leaving her house, but she's being traumatized during this book. Uh, she's being tormented by Harry Connick Jr. is kind of crazy, crazy killer. Just has a lot of different elements into it that I, I really like. But it wasn't, I mean, it's not super graphic um, as much as you would find like any true crime like TV show. Um, but I think there was a psychological element. Plus you tackle mental illness on top of that with Sigourney Weaver's paranoia and agoraphobia. Um, so I, I, it's a movie that I really enjoy this time of year. Well, I do love Silence of the Lambs. I do love, I do love uh, you know, uh, Manhunter, you know, Red Dragon, Hannibal. Like, I, I do love those movies. Um, to me, those are, you know, what everybody else thinks. I'm trying to give the audience something they haven't thought of. So, you get a chance to uh, check it out. Very cool. Yeah, I, I saw I saw Copycat in the theater, but I don't. Me too. I don't know if I've seen it in a long time, but I do remember liking it. Um, and that that whole genre of like uh, of thrillers that are sort of. <laughs> true crime thrillers but like things like bone collector and uh long came a spider and then obviously like silence lambs those are always like one of my to me that's like a warm bath like it doesn't take a ton like you basically just sit back and watch it and yeah you're along there, for the ride there's another great desert watching movie that i i did really like and it was almost a close second but i would consider it more of a supernatural like thriller than a like it's obvious the fallen with uh elias codis Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you kind of can body body hop, which I always yeah. thought was kind of a cool premise, and, and that was more 
It's very much different than Shocker, where like he, you know, that he's hopping from body to body. You can't really tell. Um, I just, I thought it. I really liked the ending in that movie too, and that that was another one, kind of an honorable mention that I, I thought is a good kind of psychological. Like keeps you on the edge of your seat. You don't really know what's happening, and and even at the end, you're not quite sure. Um, but thought it was a, a good, good follow up. So. Very cool, though. That's a good. Uh, it's a very interesting choice. Um, so for me, there's a few movies I kind of. Uh, you know, my first thought is always um, the film Possession, um, the uh, the one with Sam Neill, uh, oh. um, the 1981, the uh, Isabella Adjani um, film, because uh, it's a it's a it's a masterpiece. It's like one of the most truly um, affecting uh, story of like you know. I mean, it's 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 a human story about divorce, but it's told through this weird sort of psychedelic you know uh there's an element of supernatural in it and but it's just very much like it's you're you, you really feel i mean the uh, isabella anjani the her performance of that when especially when she's like breaking down is so insane but so i went with the i thought you know one thing i thought possession another film i thought was antichrist last frontiers antichrist because that is truly upsetting but it's more about I mean, the performances in that movie are, are also great. With I mean, um, yeah, gr- great actor, great actress. But uh, the one I actually went with is um, is I think essential viewing if you're a film fan, and that's Blue Velvet. Uh, David Lynch's Blue Velvet. Um, first off, when you talk about psychological horror, that's his, I mean, David Lynch. That's what he does, anyways. But this, I mean, it, it nails it. Um, every performance in I mean, literally every performance in in Blue Velvet is amazing, um, and um, it was a very young Kyle MacLachlan, um, you know, uh, sort of as the the everyman of that movie. But he is such an interesting actor, anyways, um, that you know you really you experiencing everything through him, and and he really matches the idiosyncrasies of of David Lynch's storytelling. Isabella Rossellini is fucking amazing in it. Um, uh, she is, I think she's probably the, you know, everybody knows Dennis Hopper cause he's such an over the top character oh, and, uh, you know, the, don't you fucking look at me and everything. But, um, to me, I think Isabella Rossellini is really the heart of the movie. Um, Laura Dern is fucking great in it. Um, but it's, it's really upsetting even from the opening sequence when he was sort of kicks everything off and he finds the ear in the, in the yard and stuff and s- unravels this sort of mystery, crime story um again it's everything david lynch it's very surreal it's very dreamlike slash nightmare logic um but every nuance of the film is so well constructed um the fucking the the, um soundtrack is perfect and he it's weird he makes the weirdest things creepy in it um but it's one of those movies i remember the first time i saw it like i it fucked me up like um at that point and i had seen david lynch films but it just, you know, it, it, it fucked me up. Um, uh, uh, I, I just, I couldn't, it's a movie I just couldn't forget about. And, you know, um, I feel like David Lynch has made some, I mean, he's made a ton of great films. Dark Highway is great. Oh um, yeah. Love Dark um, Highway. But Love I do the think soundtrack on that too. another great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, if David Lynch, he's that dude knows music anyways, but, um, but I do think Blue Velvet is sort of his crowning achievement, and I think it's definitely his most like truly horrific, scary movie. I think even more so than than Dark Highway, and Dark Highway is pretty fucking creepy and scary in its own right. But uh, 
I think this one is just more. I mean, although you know, Dark uh, Highways uh, actually contains a real murderer in the movie, so as the creepiest character, so that's a little scary. Um, but yeah, so that's my choice for psychological horror is Blue Velvet. Excellent. I, you know, love a good Dennis Hopper movie too, and he is yes. way over the top. I actually think way that's over probably, the... probably like one of one of the roles that I always hear associated with Dennis Hopper the most. I always think of him as uh, Koopa from Super Mario Brothers myself. <laughs> that's just me. Um, final final uh, topic uh, for this, and it's very fitting, uh, James, because I thought of you when I was thinking about this. It's it's Giallo horror, and uh, yep. I know this is your this is you kind of in your wheelhouse, and it's less in my wheelhouse. So I had to do some homework because I realized, short of Suspiria, there wasn't too too many uh, Giallo horror movies that I watched. So I did challenge myself. I found one that I really liked. Uh, thank you, Prime. And uh, <laughs> it is it is the torso. Well, isn't that ironic? <laughs> is that your is that your is that your your pick? Yeah, and it's very <sighs> it's not a it's not like an obvious pick if you're if you're a uh, Jello fan. There's definitely more that I think are higher regarded or more classical. Or torso is a, is definitely a Giallo, but it's sort of I think the majority of the film first of all takes place in England, uh, which is very mm-hmm. un-Giallo, but uh, yeah. Because Giallo is like for for the for the for the layperson the audience is like Italian horror, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's the the term yeah, Giallo just means yellow, but what basically the term comes from is that um, there was a series of in in Italy like lurid crime dramas and things with like a lot of sex and violence would have a yellow a Giallo uh, spine. So when it was on the shelf, you knew if you had this yellow bar that contained violence and, you know, sexual violence and stuff. So when the film started coming out in the seventies, you know, at the time they're just, you know, whether it was Mario Bava or, you know, Argento or Fulci, um, they didn't have this. Like they, they were horror, but they were also its own thing. So the press just started calling them, you know, the Giallo movies because they're just like those novels. So it Giallo just means yellow in, in Italian, but it yeah. means specifically that's how it got its, its name. All right. Very cool. I will say, like, there, there are quite a few, if anybody wants to brush up on your, your Giallo horror movies. Uh, there is a lot on Prime, so I did find that out. So if it's uh, the, the other ones I have on my list to watch, just because I really did like this movie, um, is like Blade of the Ripper um, or Blood and Black Lace. Uh, Blood and Black Lace is a classic, yeah. Um, so I just, it, what I like about this and what I love about our podcast is it challenges us to think about movies that are maybe not necessarily in our wheelhouse, and this is one of them. But I, I will say, like, what's really puzzling as far as the torso, um, number one, like, very much suspenseful. Like, yes. um, I, I think it's got a great plot to it. I love the cast. Um, it, I think the killer's unique. Um, it, it really was just really not something, I mean, it, it falls kind of into, you, know, you could kind of categorize it in the slasher kind of, kind of genre but it's very much unlike anything i've seen that way i would classify in that that realm of a, of a slasher movie is where i think like a more intelligent slasher movie i guess is, is the best way i could describe it but um but yeah i mean it was i think it was a great movie i i you know um i don't have a lot for comparison like in, in hindsight but i uh i definitely think that just even the tone of the movie the visuals the soundtrack like I think everything really adds to that suspense um, as, as you're watching the film. Um, I just really like some of the locales. So it really was a great, if, kind of a new foray into kind of this genre that I'm not super familiar with. 
Um, I think it was a really great starting point. It actually really piqued my interest in getting some of these other ones like watched um, and, and putting on my list to, to check out. So I'm actually really excited. I think I'm, I'm going to, based on your recommendation, check out uh, Blood and Black Lace next. Oh, there's some, I mean, I could, yeah, I mean, um, and a lot of them, I think, right now happen to be streaming a lot. So yeah. I especially think of like Deep Red, which is probably one of the most profundo rosso. It's probably, I think, the most, like, most people agree it's probably the highest achievement in the um, in the genre. And um, I, remember, I remember you told me about the, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about it in the past, and I have seen these, like, Stage Fright and Pieces. Yeah. Those, are, those are also great movies as well. Um, but I actually really, really, actually really like this quite a bit more. Um, I do like the owl and stage fright is really weird. Um, but. Well, that's the thing why I liked so much about Torso is that, um, uh, again, you know, the thing that I like about Jellos anyways is that they're very stylish. Um, and I don't just mean like, I mean, like, you know, the people look have very, you know, it's very much Italy in the 70s, which had a very, there was a flamboyance there. They were all very fashion forward um, for the time. And, you know, um, but they were all about visual style, very much like kind of almost like a, a film noir where there was a visual storytelling language. And then you had films that sort of like took that concept, like Suspiria really took what Jello was doing with like the, the yellow or the blue lights and the red lights, you know, giving this weird composition, this juxtaposition lighting. And, but you know, uh, Argeno took it with Suspiria and went like fucking ape shit with it. But, but you know, like there's so many great films in that genre because they were so Unlike the American slashers, which were usually made very cheaply, um, you know, very, uh, very much about like just like aimed at kids or young teenagers, the Giallos were made by master filmmakers who, um, you know, some people could say very much inspired by, um, you know, uh, American filmmakers of the earlier 70s and people like, um, uh, De Palma and you know even Scorsese like there was a there's um there's an intelligence or a style to it that's very much their own and like again it's that's why like there's a ton of ones I could have chosen um and the thing I love about Giallo's anyways is they all have the best fucking like they're the most like poetic like four flies on gray velvet um twitch of the death nerve um oh, yeah. you, your heart is a your heart is a lock and only I have the key. And there's yeah. all these like, yeah, um, there's, there's one I read like, like plumage or something like that too. Oh yeah, like, bird, uh, bird, That's actually one of the great bird with the crystal plumage. Yeah. One of the greatest Jalo. Definitely. If you have a chance to see that one, that, that, that one's amazing. Um, so I almost want to change mine up because again, I mean, torso is great. And I kind of went with it because there's so many, like I said, I, I'm a fan of the genre, but how I, how I chose mine is I closed my eyes and it was like, what's the first image that pops in my head? And it was the killer from Torso. Um, uh, and so that's sort of, I was like, yeah, I mean, that, that movie really affected me. And I do think, you know, it, it, it streamlines a lot of the nonsense that is sort of relevant in the Giallos. It, it's, it's a much more su succinct version of a Giallo, which I, I enjoy. Um, doesn't have the same sort of over the top flourishes that some movies like Profondo Rosso have, um, uh, you know, and some, some, some giallos fear into the supernatural. Some stay very much more grounded like slashers. I do think most giallos to be a true giallo does should actually be more 
kill like you know the leather glove the straight razor or just you know the simple blade you know you never see his face until the end like that to me is a giallo but uh i'm gonna since you chose torso which is which was going to be my pick i will also recommend if you've never seen and i used to say tenabre but it is actually tenebre which i think is a terrible it just sounds weird to me but um uh and i mean argento's opera dario jenner's opera is one i mean very close to my top um i think the visuals in that are crazy um it's a very interesting story very very much a giallo story there's like mad musical genius and it, you know there's always like this weird artistic element to giallos and the the uh, they usually surround either like very metropolitan you know like you know uh industries or very artistic industries but i'm gonna go with tenebrae just because i think it is probably the most classically beautiful just got like silent killer you don't know who he who they are you don't know what's happening and um a lot of like the very strong visuals that we really associate with giallo's sort of are cemented with uh with uh tenebrae uh but again you can't go wrong like i said i I, my original choice was torso because i definitely i I think it's one of my favorites just because especially of like a first giallo to really get into what a giallo is it's it's less hoity patoity less artsy fartsy with some of its choices than some of them but again it's very stylish in itself like the cinematography is great the, the again the, the the soundtracks to and the scores to most giallos are great because who is working on those movies but yeah um yeah solid choice yeah i mean it, it is good and i totally agree i think if you're, if you're not super familiar with the genre and yes you probably have seen a few like over time because I, yeah. I think if you're if you're just a fan of horror, you'll, you'll catch up. But like, for example, pieces um, is a good example of that too. But I think this was a, for me, it was a very good uh, entry in, into that world without, again, like if, if you're uh, of, of the uh, premise of watching horror movies, that's kind of like the, uh, the modern hitchhiker guy of ash, ass, cash or grass. And then you're, you're kind of getting into uh, uh, more refined movies. This is kind of a nice hybrid medium um to kind of get you in there without without feeling too overwhelmed but yeah i'm excited to check out some other stuff and and you know we'll definitely chat, chat about it on our next uh next podcast on the things we watch because uh there's some good ones out there that i i'm excited i mean out. bay of blood slash twitch of the death nerve is a very like highly regarded one bird of the crystal plumage is really great but definitely i would say for your next one if you have availability watch profundo rosso or deep red because it is sort of like most people consider it it's definitely in the top three of like things that cement what a giallo is so i would definitely recommend yeah, that one definitely wow cool. we were not joking when we said this was going to be a long one very much so uh, tonight but very, yeah very but good. so much time pack yeah it didn't feel like that i mean i think the best time is when the the internet dropped over at jimothy's house uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of talk about oh, happy Halloween. Ooh, love you. Um. <laughs> I am kidding, of course. Now, but next okay. time, next time, well, not next Texas podcast massacre. We finished a list of ten to one, and that's going to yeah. be great. Uh, you know, it's um, a lot. I learned I learned a couple of movies. I'm going to watch this, this next weekend yeah. and talk about. That's going to be a, an ultra size episode. Yeah, yeah. Ten, ten more left. Starting with uh, with J horror, and if people don't know what that is, that's Jap- Japanese horror, and uh, ending with a horror movie that takes place on Halloween. Yeah, right. it will not be Halloween. So. That's awesome. Well, you know, 
If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to get more uh, out of uh, your in your earbuds, uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcast, and uh, so, you know uh, when you subscribe there, leave us a five star review. Let us know that uh, we're doing a, a good job here, or these fellows are doing a good job. Uh, I just press the buttons around here. Um, these guys, these guys really make my job easy. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TankRodPod, T-A-N-K-R-O-D-P-O-D. Use the hashtag uh, TPMassacre. You know, uh, I'm Tank Rodriguez, and uh, for uh, Dirty Dirty Derek, Jimothy James Dean, see you on the next one, folks. Peace. Peace.